0: The reality shows are a lot of the reason why people think that it's like a perfect lifestyle or a beautiful lifestyle and it is don't get me wrong again i want to be very clear that i i still very much believe it is but this was another side of the reality the real reality if you will
1: welcome to the tiny house lifestyle podcast the show where you learn how to plan build and live the tiny lifestyle I'm your host, Ethan Waldman. I was watching Tiny House videos on YouTube the other day, as one does, and YouTube kept recommending a video that had over two million views. Living in a Tiny House Stinks Sometimes from Tiny House Giant Journey. Now, I usually avoid these Tiny House takedown type videos, but I gave this one a go because Jenna Bessard is an important member of the Tiny House community. Jenna built her tiny house four years ago and traveled all over the country with it for one year. It was the first tiny house I saw that was doing long-term travel. In addition to documenting her own journey, Jenna shot and uploaded many incredible tours of other tiny houses and funky mobile structures she found along the way. In this conversation, we'll talk about the downsides of tiny house living and how some of them aren't really downsides at all. We'll also talk about Jenna's favorite tiny houses and what maintenance her tiny house has needed after almost five years of constant use. Stick around. But first, if you like what you hear on the show today, please take a moment to head over to Apple Podcasts to rate and review the show. Believe it or not, your reviews are super helpful for leading other people to find the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. Go to the tinyhouse.net/itunes to be redirected straight to Apple Podcasts where you can leave your review. And thank you so much. All of your ratings and reviews mean so much to me and help me make more episodes of the show. All right, let's hear from Jenna. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast. My guest today is Jenna Spessard. Jenna built a tiny house four years ago, traveled with it for one year, and has been parked in a tiny house community in Oregon for the past two years. She also travels abroad and rents out her tiny house when she's away. Jenna, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: You're so welcome. And we were just chatting before we went live about how I've been seeing your YouTube videos just popping up everywhere, and I've just been loving them. And there was this one that came out, I don't know, what was it, a couple weeks ago?
0: Oh, yeah, maybe six weeks ago at this point, yeah.
1: Six weeks ago, Living in a Tiny House Stinks Sometimes, and it has (laughs) 2.3 million views.
0: Yeah, it's quickly becoming my most popular video. Um, I have one that's edging 3 million, but that video has been on my channel for three or four years now, and uh, it's about Lena Menard. And her tiny house. And so this video is at 2.3 million and it's only been on my channel for six weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if it becomes my most popular video.
1: (sighs) And so maybe you could um, kind of back up and tell us your story a little bit, because you were one of the first uh, people that I saw like creating really nice tours of tiny houses and just really documenting your tiny house journey through video. So how'd you get started?
0: Sure, so um, my background is in film. Um, I went to film school and when I was building my tiny house, I was working at a movie studio in Hollywood. Um, So I have a background in film and so I know how to hold a camera, I know how to shoot and edit video and uh, I can also be in front of the camera pretty comfortably. So uh, when I started building my tiny house, with my ex-boyfriend, he uh, had some nice camera equipment, he was a photographer, so we did a lot of tiny house video tours when we were on the road. He would shoot me going through a video or going through a a tiny house with somebody, interviewing them, and then I would take the footage, edit it together, and uh, blog about it on my website and put it up on my YouTube channel. And then after we broke up, I started doing it all on my own. So the channel has sort of, uh, evolved over time and now I'm mostly behind the camera, uh, doing the shooting, but always doing the editing, always doing the interviewing. And over the years, I guess it's been for maybe five years now that I've been doing these tiny house tours. I've shot, I think over a hundred of them. And so I've met a lot of people and been through a lot of tiny houses and, uh, each one of them is different and each one of them is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, and some of my favorite tiny houses that I've seen have been because of your YouTube channel and just your travels. So, thank you for that.
0: Well, thanks. Yeah, that means a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you were you were mentioning before that you don't know how you feel about the fact that this is this living in a tiny house stinks video is becoming your most popular. Can you say a little bit more about that?
0: Yeah, so I've made all these inspirational videos about how great it is to live in a tiny house. And I've shown a lot of people living successfully in tiny homes through the tours and through my lifestyle and advice videos. Um, And then I just decided one day to kind of do the opposite of that, to do a video about what I don't like about living in a tiny house because nothing is perfect. And I kind of had this whole... Aha uh, moment of looking at Instagram and seeing that everything was sort of sugar coated and um, just everybody's tiny house was looking beautiful and perfect all the time. And at the same time, looking around my house and seeing it's just a wreck and dirty and going, ah, you know, this isn't always just like a perfect lifestyle. So I quickly made a video. It's mostly just me talking into the camera. It's one of the easiest videos I've ever shot and edited. Didn't take me very long at all. And so it's become very popular. I made it, I, the title might have something to do with it because I sort of made it as a funny uh, title Living in a Tiny House Stinks. Because one of the things I, I don't like about my living in a tiny house is that it's hard to get smells out of the house. So I kind of thought that was a good title. Um, and I guess maybe that's why it, it's been so popular, is just people want to know what what is the bad part about living in a tiny house? And I have mixed feelings about that because I want people to still know that I love my tiny house and I think the lifestyle is great and I'm very much a supporter. So um, obviously I want people to know that it's not always perfect, but I I don't want it necessarily to be my most popular video either at the same time.
1: (laughs) I didn't watch it and come away being like, wow, this is going to turn people off from tiny house living. Right. Because a lot of the things that you say in the video, you know, there's there's an obvious plus side, you know, like, for instance, the fact that your house gets dirty so fast. The the upside of that is that it's so fast to clean. Yeah, I, I kind of <laughs> feel like it's just that there are so many people who are intrigued by tiny house living and the fact that everything is so sugarcoated and it's all like all the photos on all of our websites are from when the professional top photographer came and staged the house and like made it look like this little mini palace that this is like, you're being so real in this video that people are just like, well, what, I want to know what, what is bad about it?
0: Right. And it's funny that you say like the reality of tiny house living, because you know, the reality shows are a lot of the reason why people think that it's like a perfect lifestyle or, a beautiful lifestyle. And it is don't get me wrong. Again, I want to be very clear that I I still very much believe it is. But this was another side of the reality, the real reality, if you will. And I've been on the reality TV shows, by the way, I've been on them a few times. Oh, Were you? Yes, I was. And so I know that that's not reality. You know, like there's There's a lot of cleaning up and, uh, oh, it looks pretty cluttered in here. Can we take some of your belongings outside uh, before we shoot sort of scenarios where it's not really showing the whole picture?
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I've always found that those shows seem to really focus on the building of the tiny house way more than the living in the tiny house.
0: Yeah, they don't really come back that often and show, you know, one year later, five years later. And it's not like they surprise you and knock on your door and show up on a day where you're doing laundry and you have clothes hanging all over the inside of your house. You know, they they let you know when they're coming and you do a good job of cleaning up as you would knowing that you're going to be on TV. So, yeah, you get a sugar-coated version when you're watching reality television.
1: One of the other things that you say stinks about tiny house living is having to explain the composting toilet to people and like literally having a piece of laminated instructions and yeah <laughs> i know that you are now renting your tiny house out right. is that composting toilet just the the basic human or sawdust toilet
0: no no so i have the nature's head um composting toilet so it's a manufactured toilet for those of you who don't know and it 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 does take a little bit of getting used to. I love it, and I am a huge advocate for composting toilets. Um, and where I'm renting it out right now at Mount Hood Village, they've asked me a couple of times to switch out the toilet for a flush toilet, and I won't do it. I just won't. I refuse. Um, so I've had, I have had a few complaints from the renters that I, I don't know why, because I say clearly in the advertisement that there's going to be a composting toilet situation. But people are just, they come in and they're surprised and they don't want to learn how to go potty. They're adults, you know, it's not something they want to learn how to do. They don't want to read and learn. So um, they get a little agitated by that. So I made instructions that are laminated with pictures, (laughs) cartoons, not real photos. (laughs) And um, I find it helps people sort of chuckle at them, at least my friends when they have to use the toilet. But yeah definite downside of living in a tiny house with a composting toilet is that you have to tell grown adults how to use the toilet.
1: (laughs) You know, I think it's a good learning experience for everyone. When I got married two years ago, we did it at the tiny house on the property that we rent, which has, you know, obviously our, our tiny house has a sawdust toilet. And instead of renting porta potties, we built two sheds which we now use for beekeeping supplies and like a place to put our outside furniture in during the winter. But we made all 150 guests, including my grandmother, use sawdust toilets at our wedding. So if my 90-year-old grandmother can do it, hey, so can everyone else.
0: Right. And it's really not difficult. You just have to take a couple extra seconds and, you know, know what you're going to do when you go in there and understand that it's different and yeah, uh I I I think maybe the most embarrassing moment was when I first had my boyfriend over for the first time and I had to show him how to use the toilet. You know, I, like you have to sit to pee, okay? You know. And it's uh it's just an ongoing joke we have now in when he comes to, to my tiny house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I if that's a like really good first, well, maybe not a first date test, but just a first time you bring someone to your house test to see if they can be cool with that. Yeah. I've seen that you've been doing quite a bit of, of speaking and traveling. I'm curious, where, where are you headed next?
0: So I'm going to the Tiny House Jamboree this weekend. Um, so that's in Austin, Texas. And I'm doing a meetup about off-grid appliances and utilities. I actually thought about you because you often do the utility talk at a lot of these festivals. Um,
1: Yeah, that's usually my jam.
0: I know. I was like, oh, this is Ethan's thing. I'm doing Ethan's thing all of a sudden. So I got to do some research and um, try to make that a good meetup. But uh, it's not a speech. It's a meetup. So it's pretty casual. And uh, then I'm going to Tiny Fest Northwest, which is... Down in Eugene, Oregon at the end of September. And so those are my next two. And then maybe I'll hit up the New Orleans Tiny House Festival later this year or the Florida one. I'm not sure. Yeah.
1: Nice. So do you look for houses to shoot tours of while you're doing these travels?
0: Definitely, because um, you know, they don't always pay for me to do these speeches. A lot of times they cover uh like expenses for me to fly out there. But otherwise, um, i kind of just donating my time. And so one way that I make money is through my YouTube channel. So um, not only do I enjoy sharing tiny house, tiny house tours with everybody else and meeting people who live in really cool, innovative tiny houses, but it's also how I make a living. So um, I always try to shoot two or three tiny house tours when I go to these festivals so that I can put them out on my channel.
1: Nice. Other than your own, What's your favorite tiny house that you've ever shot a tour of?
0: Oh, man, you're going to get me in trouble or something. Uh, it's funny. I have like pieces of everybody's tiny house that I like. It, it, I don't know if I could say that there's one in particular, one that stands out in my head. I'll just say what comes right into my head is, is uh, the Lilypad tiny house. I shot it years and years ago. Um, and it, there's a video of it on my YouTube channel. But I love it because it's totally eco-friendly. And I don't know if I could live in it, but Anita, the woman who lives in it, is uh, five foot or maybe 4'11". And so she's actually created a two-story tiny home for herself, um, still within the legal height restrictions. So she had her office um, below her living room, and she could stand in both of them. I couldn't. I'm, I'm only 5'4", but uh, I thought that was a really cool concept I haven't seen before.
1: That's, that is really cool. So clearly... Neither neither one of us could live there because it was made just for her.
0: Exactly. So I couldn't really live there. I couldn't say it's like my favorite tiny house. I would swap her or anything like that. But I think it was pretty innovative. And I will say every tiny house I, I shoot, I find something that to be jealous of. You know, there's something I wish I could have in my tiny house or switch out for. So a hodgepodge of everybody's would be my perfect tiny house.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to me how different tiny houses look now than, than ours, which, you know, they're both, they are both of our houses have gabled roofs and like have that very, like, if you asked a child to draw a house, like the outline is what our houses look like kind of from the, from the front. But every time I see a new design idea, it's like, why didn't I think of that? And then it gets adopted by so many different houses and it just keeps moving forward in such a cool way.
0: Yeah. And, and I love that no two tiny houses are the same, um, and that they really are representations of the owner. And so if I built another tiny house, you know, I'm a slightly different person than I was for five years ago when I built mine. And I also was building it with my ex-boyfriend. So there's pieces of him involved in that design as well. Mm-hmm. It would look completely different. Um, and also what I've learned and seen and, and been inspired by over the last four or five years, I would definitely build a different tiny house. Now it doesn't mean I don't love my tiny house. It'll always have a special place in my heart, but um, it is funny how we evolve over time. And so do, so does our idea of what the perfect home is.
1: Absolutely. And are you working on another mobile? I'm not going to say tiny house, but another, a travel, a travel house.
0: Yeah. So um, I just, I, I don't know if it's finished, is anything ever finished, but just finished, uh, renovating a vintage trailer. So I traveled with my tiny house for one year and it weighs 10,000 pounds and it was a really expensive year of gas and a slow travel as well We you know, we weren't going very far for uh, very long, yeah. um, with the vintage trailer that I renovated with my boyfriend. Um, it only weighs about a 1,000 pounds, so one-tenth, and it's a lot smaller. It's 60 square feet instead of 160 square feet, um, but it has the basics in it. It's still really cute, and we've already taken it across country, and it's just so much easier to travel with, to park anywhere, to be off-grid. It's more affordable, so um, it's my my little travel tiny house, if you want to call it a tiny house, or travel trailer. And I'm going to bring it to the tiny um, fest Northwest at the end of September for other people to see.
1: Awesome. That's I've seen other tiny house dwellers be like, I need a smaller tiny house for travel. Yeah, and exactly. I love the vintage trailers. They just have such a cool like aesthetic and charm to them.
0: Yeah, I, I just... I like cutesy things. I suppose that's why the tiny house movement was also something I went for. But, um, I thought about doing the camper vans and I, cause I really think those are cool too, like van life and everything like that. But, um, I just am a trailer girl, you know, I'm used to having a trailer. I'm used to towing. And so when I came across this fiberglass vintage, it's 1972, uh, trailer, I just was like, yep, that's, that's more me. That's more my style.
1: Um, what do you tow it with?
0: So my boyfriend has a truck. It's just like a, a little uh, uh, Nissan truck. Could you know? But you could tow it with a, a regular car, actually. I have a hybrid, so uh, trying to be eco friendly. But uh, I can't really tow anything with it. Um, although some people have told me I should try it anyway. Put a tow package on my hybrid. I'm a little worried about that, though. But I've seen people tow these with like a Mini Cooper. Um, so you really can tow this with just about anything.
1: That's so cool. I've. I also have a Prius, and I do have a trailer hitch on it, but it's just for a bike rack.
0: Okay. Yeah. The only thing
1: that I've heard of that you can, I mean, so the the hybrids, many of them say don't tow anything at all. Um, Yeah. There's a company that I saw at the Georgia Tiny House Fest. Um, I believe it's CLC. They make mostly like kayak and canoe kits that you build yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. they make a teardrop kit that like in all the promotional images it's getting towed by like an old honda civic because it's so lightweight but it's that is like really small it's like just a place to sleep essentially
0: yeah and i almost went with a teardrop actually when i was looking at uh trailers because i wanted something that lightweight and this one was just a little bit bigger and i could stand inside of it and my boyfriend who's six five can stand inside of it and oh wow has a little kitchen inside of it, you know. So, yeah. I yeah, I just thought okay, it's a nice in between. Um but at the same time I'm not sure I could, you know, tow it with a a Prius.
1: <laughs> yeah, the teardrop it like I feel like there's a line that you cross and the teardrop feels like you're towing a tent. Yeah. Whereas a, a little vintage 60 square foot trailer like it's still a, a micro tiny house because it has the kitchen and you can stand up in it and like it's a space.
0: Yeah. It actually has a toilet too. has a little chemical toilet. Oh, wow. And so it has quote unquote a bathroom to use if you, you know, if you want, and it has a dining table that turns into a bed. So you have a living room, dining room, a quote unquote bathroom uh, sink and kitchen, a closet And then we have an outdoor shower. So it kind of has everything a house might have. um, And that's really what we wanted.
1: Do you have any more big trips planned in it?
0: Well, uh, just the Eugene trip that I'm going to be um, doing. And then after that, I I don't know what we'll do next, but next summer is when I'll probably really go somewhere far. Maybe what we've talked about is either all the way down to like Los Angeles, so all the way down the coast. Uh Uh, I'm in Seattle, so that would be a pretty long trip or all the way up to Alaska. So somewhere on the west coast I think is the next trip. We went to uh Chicago and back on this last one, so we covered a lot of the middle of the country. I don't know if we'll ever make it to the east coast. I I gotta say it's really far from Seattle with uh with the vintage trailer. We'd need a, a lot of time to do that.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So how old is your tiny house now?
0: Mm it finished building it in September of 2014. So, it's about to be four. I bought the trailer in September 2013. So, if you talk about the trailer itself, it's about to be five.
1: Right. Okay. So, so my tiny house just turned about five cuz I finished in 2013. And I know this is a really unsexy thing to talk about. So, all of you guys who are like building new tiny houses, you can like cover your ears, but Tiny houses are houses and they require maintenance. I'm curious what you've had to do for your tiny house so far.
0: You know, not a lot, but it's, you should ask me this question again in a couple of months because I'm getting ready to move it for the first time in two years. And so I am getting ready to prep it for a move, which means, you know, I don't know. I haven't looked at those tires in almost two years. They've been, you know, jacked up. And those are the tires
1: that took you like all around the country too.
0: I mean, I replaced them all basically at one point or another, I had a flat tire on each and every tire (laughs) (laughs) during that trip. So they're all relatively new tires, but they've been sitting for over two years. Um, and hopefully they're still, they're still okay. And I'm just going to take a look underneath the trailer and everything. But, uh, Other than that, I mean, I, so I replaced all the tires at some point. It's maintenance. And I, um, I did pop a weld underneath the trailer that has a lot to do with the fact that I was driving it 25,000 miles in one year. So, um, I had to actually have it, you know, hoisted up and somebody come in and re weld some of the welds underneath the trailer. I have the first or second. I'm not, I'm still not sure. Tumbleweed trailer. So like manufactured trailer. So, uh, there were, I was sort of a prototype, um, and they've made a lot of changes since then to what they do with their trailers. So, um, yeah, the welds I think are totally different now. And, um, I don't know, other than that, I really haven't had a whole lot of maintenance. How about you?
1: Well, um, I have definitely had some things that I've opted to do. Like I pulled out my propane fridge and put in an electric one, just because the propane fridge was letting in so much cold air. I also switched out my heater from a new the little Newport Dickinson boat heater, which really didn't work that well, to a different propane heater. And I also froze up my precision temp hot water heater over this winter. And instead of replacing it, I um I went with a seven-gallon electric, which is like a sixth of the price. And so, and like, actually, Uh, so we put on like a super low flow water, uh, shower head. And like my biggest fear with seven gallons is that it was going to be a not long enough shower. And like, I have yet to run out of hot water in a shower. So.
0: Great. I just, I had the same thing happen to me with the precision temp. Um, I love the precision temp. So don't get me wrong. It was a user error. Why mine froze. Is it the same with you or.
1: Yeah. We ran out of gas. Okay. And it was yeah. negative twenty degrees
0: see, I was in Colorado and it was negative twenty and so it wasn't getting enough propane pressure. I didn't have um a warm yeah yeah a warming uh thing around my propane tank so it froze and then it didn't leak inside your house right it, it actually leaked out that was one good thing about the.
1: well it 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 froze and the and it burst in so many places inside but then it was just frozen like solid oh. And really? yeah, because it was negative 20 outside. We ran out of propane. And so the tiny house, everything froze. Oh, wow. It was bad.
0: Yeah, we we had to replace all the, the pipes first inside the precision temp and we had to replace all those, um, which I think was like a $250 fix. Mm-hmm. So that was a big, big ordeal. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I love it. I actually got the newer version of it uh, recently. So it works even better than ever. Nice. So.
1: Yeah, I. I do miss the like unlimited hot water and also the for off grid not having an electric hot water heater is great. But I'm grid tied where my tiny house is and have no intent yeah. in moving it. So I suppose I could always switch back to a precision temp. I left the I left the hole in the floor and just, you know, covered it up with yeah. some plywood.
0: Well that's the thing about being off grid and on grid because um I have some of those issues too. Uh, I am no longer off grid. I've been at the RV park, tiny house village for two years. And so I'm plugged in to 50 amp service. I can do whatever I want. And that's great. Except my freshwater tank has been sitting for two years. And I happened to look at the pipes the other day and there's mildew inside of them from water sitting in there. (laughs) Whoops. Um, so that's another thing I'm going to have to do. That's maintenance, flushing out the pipes and things like that. Um, And having that propane fridge that I have, it doesn't make any sense anymore. Like you were saying, an electric fridge would make more sense, but you never know where you're going to park.
1: Right. Yeah. The only thing that's truly maintenance, I guess, for me is just a month ago, the the side of the tiny house that has faced south for these last four years, the um, stain on my pine siding is has gotten really weathered and kind of pale. And so we used some benjamin moore product to like clean it and then restained it and the other sides definitely need it but not as bad so we're going to kind of take it one side at a time because it is labor intensive and the weather you know it needs to be perfectly dry out
0: i think we did pretty good yeah we've done pretty well because i've heard other tiny houses where their windows are leaking or they have mold in their roof and terrible terrible things but we must have covered our bases pretty well in our build. <laughs> I think we did. Do you? High five! Yeah.
1: High five. You have the Kimberly stove, right?
0: I do. And that's another off grid purchase that I did, which I loved when I was in Colorado for the winter and it got down to negative 20. Um, and I was pretty much, I wasn't off grid, but I had a very little electrical, um, only like 15 amps. So a regular electric heater, like a space heater wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Um, I loved it then barely use it now. Haven't really used it much in the last two years. So is it worth to have? I think depends on where you're going to park because it's a very expensive thing to have in your house. Right. You know.
1: Well, one thing that I like to ask all my guests is what is one or two resources that helped you along the way that you'd like to share with others?
0: Oh gosh. Um well, I watch YouTube videos as much as anyone else. So, um I always watch Deek's channel.
1: He's awesome and he was a former guest on the show.
0: Yeah, so I would definitely recommend his channel and then Lloyd Kahn books are great. I mean, those are those are old school. You know, nowadays there's plenty of new resources that I could name, but back when I was looking up stuff, it was Uh, Old, you know, older blogs like your blog. I looked at your blog quite a bit, The Tax, um, Tiny Tack House, and uh, Ryan Mitchell, uh, The Tiny Life. I I looked at the older blogs, you know, and so um, that's still my go to resources.
1: Cool. Well, Jenna Spessard, thank you so much for your time today. This was really fun.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much to Jenna Spessard for being a guest on the show. You can find the show notes and links mentioned in this episode at thetinyhouse.net slash Jenna. The Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast is brought to you this week by Tiny House Decisions. Tiny House Decisions is the guide I wish I had when I built my tiny house, and it comes in three different packages to help you get a jumpstart on your planning. Save hundreds of hours of research and thousands of dollars on your build with Tiny House Decisions. You can learn more at thetinyhouse.net slash THD. We're offering a special discount for podcast listeners. Use the coupon code tiny to take 20% off any package. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash THD, coupon code tiny for 20% off. That's all, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.